Hi, this is Paula. And I'm Joseph, and you're listening to Life Lived Better. Well, welcome back to another episode of Life Lived Better. How are you today, Paula? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, My husband and I actually went out last week twice. We had two social outings. Whoa. (laughs) Emotionally, I should be exhausted, right? (laughs) That's abnormal (laughs) for me, but it was nice. We went out with another couple last night and um, went out on our own uh, at the start of our weekend, so... It was kind of cool. How how about y'all? How are things with you? Things are still, we're uh, still treading water over here, literally. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh my God. We had a water leak in the house, had a water leak in our camper, and now we have a water leak in the front yard. You do not. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. At the water meter, it's filling up with water. So I don't know if it's going to be our side or the city side, but it is definitely leaking. Have you looked up yet what that's what that represents? I haven't. haven't. I've been so busy dealing with contractors and mitigators and adjusters that it's just been it's been a lot. Our house is completely destroyed. We have no floors. There's gigantic fans everywhere, dehumidifiers. So like our eyes are hurting and our noses are dry. Like it's just I'm so impressed that you stay there, that you're not like just lock the door and say call me when it's finished I'll be at a hotel yeah they offered but you know with our dogs it's just kind of a hassle but Mm -hmm. the guy took out some cabinets uh yesterday and everything that was in the cabinets is now spread out across our kitchen and so it's it's getting to the point where we're not going to be able to cook um so it's yeah it's a lot well you and the dogs and polo need to pack up and come over come on (laughs) Come make your trek all the way up into my rural community. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, so it's been fun. Lots of uh, lessons and patience and tolerance and mm-hmm. yeah. trying not to get mad and yell at people. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> very good. We don't want you to be abusive. It's amazing to me that they just, I guess, assume that people don't have jobs because they're just like... We'll be there Tuesday between one and five. And then the next guy's like, they don't give you an option of what day you want them to come. It's just like, and last week someone was here every single day. I don't know what I would have done had I not, you know, I had to, I had to reschedule clients and luckily Polo was off some in the afternoon. So that helped, but it's just like, you know, and same thing this week. They're like, yeah, I'll be back out tomorrow to check this and to do that. And yeah, there are some employers that, you can be terminated if you don't show up to work or show up late. Or, I mean, if you didn't have the flexibility you had, that would be awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is what it is. We're getting through it. So that's, it'll, it'll all work out in the end and we'll have new floors and Mm -hmm. that'll be nice. So. And well, your water, your lawn will be, really <laughs> nice and green right? I guess. wow that's unreal i have got to remember to just do a little searching on what the what water is supposed to represent for someone certainly yeah. that's got some kind of a <laughs> three different water leaks in a week yeah. that says something <laughs> i was gonna say something well we have got some some really detailed information on our agenda to talk about in this and probably following episodes Uh, We're going to talk about um, in some sort of depth about abuse 
And we know that some listeners may find that difficult. So we want to urge everyone to please take care while listening to these topics. But we're going to talk about just kind of an overview of the different types of abuse, the signs, the symptoms. And we even have a, have a lot of tools to offer you, resources, and um, you know, then, then how you can um, get out of a, an abusive situation and possibly how you can support someone who might be in one. Heavy stuff. It is. It really is. But I think through all of our research, we have found that it's much more common than maybe you imagine. And it maybe mm-hmm. looks a little different than you might just originally think. Yeah. So I think it's important. It's definitely something for us to, uh, all of us to kind of consider. Definitely. I think most people, when they think of abusive relationships, think of, you know, physically violent and don't take into account the different types of abuse that can, can happen in a mm-hmm. relationship or in your life. And there were eight different kinds. Sure, there are many more than that, but just kind of the primary big ones. That's a lot of different types. That means that I certainly don't know all of them. You know, I do think of domestic violence as the number one or child abuse, you know, as kind of the primary thing that comes to my mind when I think of abuse. But there are so many other ones. There are, um, there's physical, psychological, verbal, emotional, and I think it's really interesting that there's a difference between emotional and psychological and there's even financial, spiritual, sexual, and self-injury. We don't all, you mm-hmm. know, always kind of consider self-abuse as being one of the types of abuse, but there certainly are. So starting off as we typically do with the definition, what is abuse? We use that word a lot, but what is it really? What is it, you know, what does it really mean? Um, The definition of abuse is any action that intentionally harms or injures another person. Uh, Many of us are guilty of purposefully hurting someone. Um, The key to knowing if it is abuse or not involves control. Most abusers seek to control the other person through some type of abuse. That's a big deal. Yeah. Control. I think that is the primary well, of course, I don't know the minds of every other person, but that's a huge, consistent piece in in all the abuse I've read about, heard about, uh, maybe even been involved in, you know, is that one piece of information is the person who is doing the abuse wants to control. They want to right. control the person. I can't really think of any other reason, you know, manipulation. I don't know what else the goal would be with yeah. abuse, you know. Well, even somebody who seeks to manipulate is wanting to control the situation that's right. And when something's out of your control, I guess that increases your anger. Yeah. I think one of the important things to remember in, in all of this is abuse is wrong and it's not the victim's fault ever, ever, ever. And every person has the right to live their life free of abuse. I think that's just key in so much of of what we're talking about. And we'll definitely put in our show notes, some links. There are some screening tools. Uh, There are some, you know, to see if you, if you, you know, meet the criteria, I guess, for any of the things that we talk about. And we'll also put some links in, you know, hotlines 
for mental health, for suicide, some other information. If you're in a domestic violence situation, how you can get out, who you can call. And uh, all the time, I think it's important to remember now we have this uh, new hotline anywhere in the United States. You can just dial 988 on your phone if you ever have any suicidal thoughts and you need someone to talk to. Yes. So the first thing we can kind of dive into is physical abuse. Um, anyone can suffer from physical abuse, but those who are often victims include, these are some of the examples, uh, women, frail, elderly, developmentally disabled, mentally ill, physically disabled, people with a substance use disorder, and also intimate partners. I think we've heard a lot about physical abuse, and I think we, I often just think of the intimate partner abuse. So for me, mm -hmm. that's a really good reminder of others who we want to pay attention to. I had just had a conversation with a student who was telling me about a client abuse situation where she worked once and they were adults with developmental disabilities and they lived at the facility. So the abuse that they were suffering, it was physical abuse. They had mm -hmm. nowhere to go. I mean, they lived there. They couldn't go to a safe home afterwards. And uh, so they're, they couldn't tell anyone because of the disability they had. It um, mm -hmm. it caused them not to be able to, you know, communicate with someone else. They they wouldn't know that they could call a, a hotline or or anything. And as we talked about it, it just broke my heart, um, you know. She's just she's talking about a situation where someone is a, a true victim. You know, mm -hmm. they're just in a situation where they don't have any alternatives. So someone had to speak up for them. And I think that's important for us to remember that maybe we could help. Maybe we could reach out. I think we live in a world right now where we kind of look the other way a lot. We don't want to get involved. But there mm -hmm. are times that I think it's important for us to remember we may be the only voice a person has. Yeah. Advocacy is really important. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people, you know, especially with mentally ill, they can't advocate for themselves. Like you were saying, they don't know that there are options. They don't know that there's help. They don't know that, you know, they can reach out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, and sometimes people don't know that they're being abused because they don't understand what abuse is. Mm -hmm. If they've lived in that scenario their entire life, that is the norm. You know, mm -hmm. we've talked so much on on this podcast about how however we live is the way we think is the right or normal way. Right. Uh, so hard to know sometimes. That's why I think it's important that we kind of point out what are the signs and symptoms. So just with most of the types of abuse, there's going to be cycles that occur. Um with physical abuse, those cycles may look like threats of violence, um, such as if you do that one more time, you'll be sorry kind of statements. Uh, the physical abuse itself, such as hitting, burning, or slapping. And oftentimes the abuser spends a lot of time apologizing. Um, they spend, they give extra uh, attention, you know, or more attentive after, you know, an episode. Um, they turn on the charm, they start buying gifts, they start doing things to kind of win back that trust or, you know, to kind of sugarcoat whatever has happened. And then the cycle kind of begins again. Oftentimes the abuser is planning uh, their next action of abuse, mm -hmm. even while going through that process. Yeah. 
I've heard that apology part called uh, referred to as like the honeymoon stage, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's yeah. what keeps you hooked, you know, with an abuser. Cause you think of them that way. You think of how good they can be and how wonderful they can be. You know, if you could just do whatever it is, that doesn't anger them, mm-hmm. you know, the next time when what we know is, it isn't the victim's fault ever. There's nothing, you know, that, that you get abused because you did something wrong. It's right. the abuser. But you're and, very much told the opposite in an abusive relationship, that it mm-hmm. is all of your fault. And yeah. everything that you're doing is causing the abuse. Exactly. If you would have just, if you wouldn't do that, if you would have just, yeah, absolutely. And then the guy, you have to, the, abuser has to blame it on someone else right and you were talking about some of the things that um you know are abuse and i i think this is important because i didn't even know some of this and still until i started learning more in my education you know a number of years ago about what abuse is so some examples are like if you're if you're restrained in any way that's abusive. If you're burned, cut, slapped, punched, kicked, bitten, choked, even being spit at is abusive. Stabbed or shot. If somebody won't give you food or medication, if they drug you, if they won't let you sleep, if they like wake you a lot or try to keep you from sleeping. And if they inflict pain on someone or something else that you love, like a lot of abusers will hurt your pets in front of you to to hurt you. That's incredibly abusive. So sad. It really is. And I think a lot of people wonder, like, why would anyone stay in a relationship like that? It's such so much more complicated than just it happens and you say, I'm that's it. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, you know, I I'm real into true crime. Um, the highest danger time for a person to leave um, to in, in a in a abusive relationship is when they leave so when a person leaves like a lot of uh, domestic violence that goes so far as uh, homicide the person uh, murders the person when they leave mm. more often than when they're in the home so that's that's scary to me to think that when a person finally gets the courage and the resources and everything in line to leave is when they're at most risk. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I have to share, like I've definitely learned through personal experience. I was in a physically abusive relationship and I, you know, I always, always told clients and thought to myself that if anybody ever lays a finger on you, then you get yourself together and get out that door and don't look back. And when it happened to me, I stayed. Mm -hmm. And it was shocking to me that I stayed, but we were so intertwined financially. We had, you know, a home together. We had things that it was just so complicated. Plus there was the, you know, that kind of that charm and that apology and that, you know, it'll never happen again kind of stuff. But one thing that I learned through that experience is that I don't tell people any longer 
that, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out. Like, I understand now that it's not that easy. And so, you know, I definitely encourage people and give resources and, you know, talk about the the dangers of it. But I've learned, again, that, you know, a person's not going to get out of an abusive relationship until they're absolutely ready to do so. Absolutely. And they may try multiple times, mm-hmm. you know. And and a, and the abuser goes to a great extent to to create an environment where that person has nowhere to go and no one to mm-hmm. turn to, and it kind of happens over a period of time where maybe they start encouraging you not to work outside the house, you know, just you know you can just stay home. I'll take care of you. That's so generous of them to take care of you, but then you have no one outside the house because you're right. just there then you don't have access to money because you're not getting a paycheck. And then they start, you know, keeping you from your friends like, oh, don't you want to spend more time with me? And it seems like it's a good thing at first because they just want to be around you all the time. Then suddenly you don't have friends and they even start alienating your family. Mm -hmm. And so eventually you have no one, you have no one to turn to and it's just them and you count on them for everything. Right. Just completely dependent. Mm -hmm. And they do that very intentionally, but they do it in such a way that it doesn't even appear to be that intentional. It appears to be like out of love and thoughtfulness. Right. I was thinking about a time that I was in a relationship that um, it was more emotionally and psychologically abusive, but on occasion it was physical. And I remember when I did, um, when, when there were like bruises and stuff the response from him was like, oh, you bruise like a banana, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I would just, if I just touched you, you'd bruise, you know, so it's not me, it's you. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, and when you hear that over and over and over, you start thinking that you're the one that's wrong, you know, it's gaslighting, but we mm-hmm. used to call it crazy making you know, because I know this happened. I know you did that to me. I know this bruise is from you, but when you hear it's not me, it's you, you start going, okay, am I insane here? Is that really, this isn't, it's not what I think it is. And you can even question yourself about whether or not you really are experiencing what you're experiencing. Is it really as bad as you think it is? Mm -hmm. And it really is as bad as you think it is worse probably Mm -hmm. the next type of abuse is psychological abuse and it usually starts kind of small because the abuser is testing the water to see what they can get away with but before too long the psychological abuse is going to turn into something that can be incredibly frightening very threatening yes that's absolutely correct and some of the symptoms of psychological abuse and things to kind of look out for um, would be name calling, uh, yelling at one another or being yelled at, insulting the person, the person's insulting you on a regular basis or consistently threatening a person, threatening to take away something that's important to them, imitating or mocking, swearing, yelling, cursing, like that's that's a big one, Um, ignoring just completely not speaking or, you know, acting like you're not in the room, isolating the person like we were just speaking about, um, and excluding them from events and activities, just cutting them out of things. Wow. 
I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking about the, I've, I've, I've had some of these experiences before and how, how it feels to be the victim of some of these things mm-hmm. is so demeaning, so demeaning. I was remembering one time when the person I'm talking about did a lot of that mocking, you know, like you're so stupid. Um, and then starts talking like you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and I remember I was crying one night because I was just like, didn't know what else to do. And he took a picture of me while wow. I was crying. He's like, I just want you to remember what you look like when you do this. Wow. So some of the examples of psychological abuse, you can find them on author Kelly Holly's blog. It's called verbal abuse in relationships. She said, these are just kind of some of the statements that you might hear like, oh, you're so cute when you try to concentrate. Look at her. She's trying to think. So that's kind of one of those insulting ways, mocking kind of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I meant. You know, I love you so much. You'll never understand how much I love you. I wasn't trying to hurt you, you know, or if it's like if your dog poos on the carpet, you know, like if you don't train that dog. If you don't potty train them, house break them, next time they poo, I'm going to rub your nose in it. And like just looking at a person like, I'd just love to hit you right now. I'd love to smack you right now. That's just some good examples of maybe what you'd hear from a person. Awful. I had someone tell me once that (laughs) I'd be really attractive if I just lost a little weight and that like crushed my little spirit at the time i've had people say that to me too more than one person and it i'd love to smack them right now right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so she goes on holly goes on to point out um psychological abuse can also include you know social financial spiritual and sexual components some of the examples of the psychological abuse include your body feels like spam. Um, oh, that would, uh, that would just, can you be... imagine somebody telling you that? No. Like, um, what yeah. is, what does spam even feel like? I know it's something it's people like don't want to eat. Squishy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just shitty. Yeah. Another one might be stop acting like such a whore. My friends are asking me if I let you behave that way when I'm around or if it's just something you do on your own. Mm. Awful. Yeah. And that's something that I think I hear a lot with abuser uh, abusees um, is that they get accused a lot of like um, flirting or, you know, going out of their way to show attraction or, you know, um, like acting like whores. Like mm-hmm. that's that's it's pretty common, I think. A, a, a podcast I just recently listened to about a, a murder, of course, um, the they had, had domestic abuse for a long time and they had gone out with another couple, uh, the, the female in that other couple. She was talking and saying that that night uh, they went to the restroom together. She and this woman went to the restroom together. And as they walked back to their table a man walked by them and just spoke, just spoke to him like, hi, how are you? It was nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they came back and sat down and he started accusing her of flirting with that man. Like, what were you doing? Were you getting his number? Was he asking Mm -hmm. you for your name? And 
the friend that witnessed it kept saying that didn't happen. He, we just walked by and we both said, hello, there was nothing. And she said all night they got, they had this argument. He kept going back to it. Then she'd calm him down. Then they finally went home because kind of the night was ruined and mm -hmm. she called her multiple times because they kept getting into the fight and the, the woman who was the victim kept saying, will you tell him again what happened? Will you tell him again what really happened? And, uh, you know, the last phone call she got was her saying, I think we've got it worked out. And he ended up killing her that night. You know, he wow. just couldn't pat down. He just couldn't get over the jealousy because he just insisted. And it never even happened. You know, mm. the woman never talked to the man. It never occurred. And I have heard that story over and over and over again of, I wasn't even doing anything wrong. I wasn't even looking at anyone, but the perpetrator of the abuse just is insistent. I know yeah. you're doing something behind my back to try to make me look bad to, you know, to try to get with somebody else. So it's, it's important also to note that some of these are, you know, kind of geared towards women, but psychological abuse can happen to, you know, men or women. Completely. Um, the next statement, one of the next statements is, let me do the talking. People listen to men. So, I mean, very degrading, very, you know, just talking down. Yeah. The one that just jumps out at me is like, in what world does buying that make sense? Mm -hmm. So not only are they mad at you, they're putting you down because you're stupid. Yeah. I can imagine a person in this situation long after they get out of this situation, having to work on their confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, like because they were put down so much and told how stupid they were. And and in that sentence, they never say you're stupid, you're dumb, mm -hmm. you know, or you can't make any smart decisions. But that statement says all of that. Right. Like I can't you can't even be trusted to buy the right kind of bread. I think, you know, religion can come in a, a little bit here. There are a couple of examples, you know, that have a lot to do with like religious beliefs. Like, you know, we took a vow in front of God. You have to honor it. You have to stay. Or, you know, women are supposed to be submissive to men. Mm -hmm. um, that can kind of come up. So when people and when people are in, you know, religions that they really believe in and give their hearts and souls to a lot of religions don't believe in divorce. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a sin if you divorce. So there's so many reasons why a person gets trapped in these situations. So the next type of abuse we're going to talk about is verbal abuse. Verbal abuse is the only type of abuse that, that can affect every single person with any type of communication ability or understanding. You may be assaulted at work, at home, at school, like a road rage incident, um, just simply walking through a park or, you know, a public space. Mm -hmm. I was verbally assaulted walking into a Kroger once. I think we talked about this on a previous episode. Yes, someone <laughs> told you. Park, yes. <laughs> I mean, just assaulted. Um, and there's, you know, there's nothing you can do to prevent those situations. You know, you can't, you can't change a person. You can't stop them from yelling at you or being, you know, inappropriate. You just, yeah. I don't know what you do other than just stand there and. I guess when you can. Hope that they stop. Yeah. And if it's at work, I, I had my very first job in the counseling field. One of my supervisors was incredibly verbally abusive and I didn't know it was my first professional job. I had worked before, but I had never worked like in a career in a profession. Mm -hmm. So I thought 
all the counseling field was like this. I didn't know it was not different, you know, in other places. I mean, that it was different in other places. And we, I would be sitting at my desk working and she would scream from her desk, Paula, get in here. And I felt like a 12 year old, you know, I would just scramble and run in and stand in front mm -hmm. of her desk. Like, yes, mom, what did I do? She was so incredibly abusive. Thank goodness. My supervisor said, that's not okay. That's not normal. That's not, you know, mm -hmm. um, I went home sick one day and it was a day that she had just demolished me verbally, you know, in front of half of the staff. And she called me, I was actually sick. It wasn't, you know, I don't know why I'm justifying it at this point, but I was sick. I went home. She called me at home because I didn't ask her if I could leave. I asked my other supervisor and it was a male. And she says, so you went home sick, did you? And I said, yeah, I'm sick. And she goes, oh, you ran to daddy and asked him if you could go home. Wow. It's like, dang, dang. <laughs> she wow. ended up getting, uh, she, she ended up getting fired actually. Um, very, very, um, obviously should have. Mm -hmm. I later learned that the treatment center where we were was a prison. When she was younger, she was in recovery. She was incarcerated there at that very mm. same location. Mm. So I can imagine that probably triggered a lot of her issues and maybe she wasn't dealing with them. Doesn't give her an excuse for how she handled her supervision of others, but um, that's a really good reminder for me professionally that I need to be keeping my issues on check at all times. Yeah. Well, I won't name any names, but I feel like I worked for the same person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> many years treatment. later. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And she was awful. She was awful to me. She was awful to the counselor. She was awful to the client. She would go into our mornings. We had meetings with the clients every morning, like a group meeting, and she would go in and just berate them and just the I clients, mean, off too. the clients. Wow. And get them all worked up. And then she'd walk over to us and just say, take care of that. Mm. Yeah. Awful. Oh, boy. And then an you awful, had to have woman. conversations with the clients without mm -hmm. putting your supervisor down in front of them. Right. But acknowledging she that. She took pride in getting everybody worked up and upset. It, mm -hmm. it, was, it was gross. There was a time in the 90s where addiction treatment looked like that a lot that mm -hmm. you know it, it was abuse i mean but for some reason we said that it was behavior modification <laughs> <laughs> don't know why but that's insane and she was a counselor whatever happened to her do you know oh she's probably still out in the field as far as i know isn't that insane offline you'll have to tell me what her name is uh, we yeah. can compare names. Maybe this <laughs> lady got fired her. and just went somewhere else. Yeah, you probably know her. We probably had um, a supervisor together at a company that was quite similar that definitely mm -hmm. came up to this line. Thank goodness you and I weren't ever the victims. They had other people they took it out on. <laughs> no, no, doesn't make it right. No, not at Boy. all. Hmm. I, verbal abuse is, is the most common of all the kinds of abuse there are kind of for the reasons you pointed out earlier, it can kind of happen anywhere. And 
then we can become the victims of our own verbal abuse. Because if we believe any of that, we'll say it, we'll do it in our head. You know, the Mm self-talk, we'll verbally abuse ourselves, which is absurd. I, I wouldn't allow somebody, I would never talk to you the way I sometimes talk to myself. Right. You know, and that's something we have to work really hard on and, and don't let people who have been, who have assaulted us verbally out there, don't let them own that space in our heads that we gain control over our thoughts and we don't say negative things to or about ourselves all of the types of abuse it comes down to control controlling behaviors um manipulating doing things to the person to just kind of get them in a place of feeling completely degraded you know yeah yeah absolutely and and we can't define verbal abuse through speech alone mm, yeah. because there's so much more to it that verbal abuse has symptoms that are beyond just the what words people say sometimes it can be in body language in coercion it's just insidious you know mm-hmm. what all is considered verbal abuse yeah some of this as i was reading through i was really kind of surprised i would have never you know considered it a type of verbal abuse but you know actions physical actions that we make giving someone the middle finger mm-hmm. you know yeah there's a message that goes along with that that you don't have to say out loud definitely definitely you can imagine that um like you know driving down the road someone uh you know shoots uh, like uses their finger to simulate shooting a gun you can incite fear like that Mm -hmm. and you know much of our body language you know culturally we can like hear the words loud and clear when someone says nothing, just mm-hmm. says those things to us and it can be blatant intimidation. You know, right. when you feel like you're a da- in danger, you know, I mean, like you can definitely be in danger, even though you, no one said a word. Right. It, it can also be words. It can be, you know, loud. It can be obnoxious. Um, one of the examples here is like, you know, a person just walking down the sidewalk berates a homeless person. They're aggressive. They're angry. And, you know, how do you respond to that situation? It may be because they're so aggressive, you're silent. So you don't help or communicate or, or do anything to stick up for that person. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it shows up in a lot of different areas, a lot of different types of relationships and interactions. Absolutely. So it, it's, it's, it's pretty deep, you know, it, it is pretty, it, it involves so much. I think that's important to know that it isn't just the words. Yeah. You mentioned earlier gaslighting, and I know that's like a real, common term right now there's even a song <laughs> is the, there the dixie chicks gas. i didn't know that yeah. yeah um i'll have to listen to it but it's it's a very um what's the word like a is that like a fad or like a- no um ah, i can't think of the word a buzzword i guess like it's you know it's it's something that when you hear you know gaslighting it's it's everybody kind of knows i think what it means but 
you mentioned also like it we used to refer to it as like crazy making mm -hmm. like you know you just you walk away feeling like you are nuts you you know have no idea what you're even talking about anymore because the person has just completely confused you and you know that's the goal is to create you know complete confusion mm -hmm. um Patricia Evans, who wrote The Verbally Abusive Relationship, she has identified 15 kinds of verbal abuse. So withholding information, withholding anything, countering, uh, being argumentative, you know, discounting, discounting things that you say um, that you believe, any, you know, just a criticism. Uh, verbal abuse that's disguised as a joke, you know, saying the thing and then saying, I was just kidding. I was just joking, uh, you know, blocking or diverting uh, conversation topics, you know, don't let them talk about it. Don't let them complain, um, accusing, blaming, judging, criticizing, trivializing, undermining, threatening, name calling, forgetting Oh, how nice. You for I forgot <laughs> yeah. to pick you up from work. Whoops. Uh, I would have done it. You can't get mad at me. You know, ordering you around and uh, just total denial, denial that I did that thing. I never did it. That's kind of the gaslighting, crazy making and mm -hmm. abusive anger. Just this absolute, you know, screaming and yelling no matter what is abusive it's abusive yeah. anger and nobody deserves to be yelled at nobody and i realize that's only three of the kinds of abuse that there are right. and there are many more so those are just a couple of the types of abuse that we found kind of in our research. And uh, like we said in the beginning, this is going to be a multi-part episode. So we'll get into um, some other types in our next episode. But we wanted to kind of break these down and go through, you know, somewhat of a detail of kind of what they are, what they look like, um, symptoms and signs. And again, we'll have links and information in our episode notes with some resources and um all of that will be available to anyone listening. And definitely come back because we aren't just going to talk about the problems. We're going to give you some information on what to do if you find yourself in any of these situations. And just remember, there's always there's always support. There's always there's always help. You're never alone in these situations, even though you may feel completely isolated and alone. There's you know, there are people, there are resources, there are you know ways out. Check our show notes. We'll have some uh some of the hotlines and places you can visit. Uh, one thing that I do want to say, though, just anyone that uh, has access to your phone or your computer, even if you clear your search history, they might still be able to see what you visited. So if you're looking up some of these things and you're in a high risk situation, you may want to use a public computer or the phone or computer of a friend if it is mm. too high risk for you to do that from your your phone or computer. Yeah, that's a really good point. We'll continue this conversation in our next episode. And until then, I hope everyone stays well. And don't forget that knowledge leads to a life lived better. Thank you for listening to Life Lived Better with Paula and Joseph. We want to provide anyone in need of resources a few phone numbers. 
For the suicide hotline in the United States, just pick up any phone and dial 988. You can reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And the Child Abuse Hotline is 1-800-4-A-CHILD. That is 1-800-422-4453. Yay!